Welcome back to Speaking Out America. I'm your host, JR, and I am honored and privileged to have Nan Sue on with me. Nan Sue is with the Epoch Times. If you know anything about the Epoch Times, you know that its founder uh, was a Falun Gong believer and he was persecuted in China. Uh, It's an interesting thing because Falun Gong emerged in the late 90s and it grew to be extremely popular with uh, the people of China. Now you have to remember that for the last 70 years, uh, religion has basically been outlawed to a certain extent uh, in China, which is why they still today, uh, they will arrest people if they have a Bible and they're not allowed to have a Bible or if they have get-togethers. So China is notorious for cracking down on, on people of faith. But the Falun Gong had grown, and I find this absolutely amazing, Nan. It went from zero followers to 100 million in like a decade. And then Jiang Zemin got scared and said, uh-oh, this thing is going out of control. And they immediately started cracking down, and they started literally exterminating and imprisoning these people. And then we come to find that in the western provinces, Xinjiang, I believe, I could be wrong. Nan can tell me. But they have these basically what they call re-education centers. But they're not re-education centers. They're hospitals. And the things that they do to these former members, any political prisoners, but specifically Falun Gong, also the Uyghurs are subject to this cruelty. This is above and beyond, in my opinion. Well, maybe not beyond but certainly consistent with what we saw in the Holocaust during Nazi Germany in the 1940s. This is still going on, and it's unbelievable. So the opportunity that I have to have to speak with Nan Su of the Epic Times about this, uh, again, I'm humbled, and I thank you, and I'm sorry for that long introduction, but I, I, I just wanted to make sure that people understood. You're a senior investigative reporter for the Epic Times with an I and focus on Chinese politics and government deception. Nan is highly knowledgeable of the variety of, of subjects, including coronavirus and all that, which we could perhaps get to at some point. People, if you want to read a newspaper that will tell you what's really going on, the Epoch Times is credible. Don't believe what people say about it. And the people on the left don't like it because, well, because they're just uneducated. Anyway, Nan, it's good to have you on. How are you? Pretty good. Thank you so much for having me today. Well, there's a documentary that you have called The Final War, which I want to get to. Why are Americans so ignorant to this whole idea that uh, China, CCP, the Com- Chinese Communist Party, uh, are are doing these things, but we don't seem to be bothered at all morally? Why do you think that is? Uh, are you talking about the organ harvesting? Yeah, uh, the organ, organ harvesting. harvesting. Yes, sir. Well, uh, one thing is uh, people find it's hard to believe. I remember back in the years 2007 and 2008 when the, uh, when the investigation result first came out. Um, I talked to a lot of people about this, and most people, you know, the first reactions... I don't believe it. Now, um, I under I do understand they you know when they say I don't believe it they don't they don't question your 
uh, honesty. They don't say, you know, they don't question. They don't. They don't want to say you're lying. It's just the things that you tell them. It's just such unbelievable thing. It's a government behavior of uh, killing tens of thousands of people and take their organs when these people are still alive and do the transplant and make money in the process. So people just people just entirely don't believe this thing can happen in the human society. And that's what the, the, the leader of a first invest, uh, the original investigation, uh, David Kilgore, who was the um, who was the Secretary of State of Canadian uh, Asian Pacific region, and when he came out with the first report, he said this is the new form of evil on Earth. So people just you know never heard of this, so people don't believe it. Well, if you had told me, I would have thought, no, there's no way they could get away with this. But you know, you start seeing things on YouTube, people suddenly that have been in China and they report on it, uh, people that escape. Uh, how How is it that the, maybe you can help me with this. The CCP has no moral ambiguity about doing something like this to a human being. How is it that people in the system can do this? Doctors, they must know what they're doing and yet they're able to sleep at night. What goes into that? How, how is a person able to sleep at night knowing that they're participating in the largest exchange of of organs in the history of mankind? Uh, yeah, maybe, you know, uh, let's go back a little bit. Uh, they, at the beginning, you know, eventually it became a, a normal business. But at the very beginning, the, the reason this thing was the first uh, exposed was a... Uh, uh, and Japanese reporter, you know, he's region, uh, he's a specialist to cover the news related to China, and then he back in two thousand three start, you know, when he is in Beijing, you know, doing his normal uh, journalist business, and he's starting in this high ranking, you know, um, the club, mm-hmm. you know, the he people. He he's like in the kind of the people whispering about how these things going on, and then he started investigating, and then he found that you know nobody wants to in, uh, publish his report, and that's how this thing you know gradually uh, this thing you know spread and more and more. Then eventually there's a group of investigators investigators to start the investigation. And they came out the first report in back in 2006. Uh, you can still Google it. It's called the Bloody Organ Harvest. That was the first report. Um, it was uh, uh, led by two uh, investigators. One is uh, Dave Kilgore, which I just mentioned. Another one is Dave Matters, uh, mm. who was a Canadian international human rights lawyer. So... Um, it, it it gradually became um, uh, clearer and clearer in, as the investigation. It's a, it's the, like a four or five years in investigation before um, before this thing become really serious. I mean, it's like a two o seven two o eight. That was the time uh, people really start talking about it. People st- uh, actually gradually 
kind of, uh, you know, gradually believe that's mm-hmm. what's actually happening in China. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Nan Su of the Epoch Times. We have to take a break, and I apologize for that, uh, but we'll come right back, and then we'll continue, and we've got a whole list of things to cover about our relationship, what's happening in Taiwan. I want to talk about this bill that Texas just passed, and a lot of, I think Florida too, prohibiting Oregon's that come from China. A lot more to discuss here on Speaking Out America. Stay tuned. Also, a little bit later on, Jan Gray will be t- uh, stopping by to join us to talk a legality about the Trump trial and also Bobby Kennedy throwing his hat in the ring when we continue on Speaking Out America. talking with Nan Su of the Epoch Times about organ harvesting. And I had asked uh, Nan the question about this. And I, I said, you know, how how do you uh, how do you sleep at night here in America? But how do the doctors and the people that are part of the uh, Chinese Communist Party, how do they live with themselves knowing that they're involved in this organ harvesting? And you were getting right to the crux of the answer. So I'll let you continue, Nan. So please ha- explain what goes on in their mind those that are in the system in China. A part of the uh, story at the very beginning, actually, there was a, a there was a doctor in China, and his job he the part of you know once a person a Chinese comes to the United States, try to kill this person, take their organ away. They have a, a lot of different specialty doctors taking different part of the the organs and try to remove them. Like this doctor, you know, he was specialized in corneal uh, transplant. Now, you know, at the beginning, you know, uh, he was just doing his uh, like daily daily work, and gradually he realized, you know, he's trying to remove somebody who is still alive, the organs away, and then this person, after they take all the organs organs away from this person, this person. It's going to be killed. So he could not sleep at night. Now he was a part of the top secret pro- program at that time, like two before two o three. So like uh, eventually he decided to leave his job, and he wanted to change the program. He wanted to get out, mm-hmm. and then he started seeing himself in like a traffic accidents, the kind of accidents like a, looks like try to kill. Him. So. Eventually, he he and his wife found a way out, and they went to Canada. You know, his, he didn't tell any of this to his wife before he left China. Now, after they both uh, left China to Canada, later they divorced from each other because uh, I, I guess this uh, doctor has been have a lot of issues uh, mentally because he involved such a thing. But however, uh, not long after they separate from each other, the doctor was diagnosed as a late stage cancer. So before he died, he finally told everything to his, his uh, ex-wife. His ex-wife was uh, first the family of the the uh, personnel who got a direct involvement of all this came forward and tried to expose all this. That was like, that's about the time. So, so this, see, this has got a long history, but even after people uh, start um, 
collecting uh, evidence at the beginning is a long process because at that time, actually, uh, the Chinese communist regime, they do commercials, you know, open commercials here in the Western world. Say, if you go to China, if you wherever the uh, organ transplant you want, liver, kidney, heart, lungs, wherever you want, you know, they promise you they, they, it's going to happen within, you know, a few weeks. They make that promise on their advertisement mm-hmm. here in the Western world. Um, so, so because they they're so so much eager to get a business. So when the investigate uh, underground under, uh, uh, what I say, the, uh, the the underground investigator, you know, they 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 pretend they are the patients, mm-hmm. families, they they are patients. Um, you know that kind of um, yeah. I think uh, I've seen some call, of that uh, video. I, I've call. seen some video of that where they they go in and they and they're basically talking to the doctors, and you can see them, uh, and they're just acting as if they don't know anything about it, uh, where the organs are coming from, but they do. Uh, and I, it's I, I'm shocked by it. I'm also shocked. Is there some sort of criminal court that Chinese officials face? Are uh, the human rights? I mean, they just uh, said that. That Putin is uh, being charged with uh, crimes against humanity. What about the Chinese Communist Party? Are they being held? Are they being charged with crimes against humanity for their organ harvesting project? Uh, so far, there's not. So far, there's not. There's uh, they they collect like tens of thousands of phone call recordings when they talk to different uh, uh, government departments and hospitals, doctors. Uh, you know the the middleman. So they collect tens of thousands of uh, uh, telephone recording. You know, and they verify the person. You know, uh, what what kind of a position this person is, like a doctors or maybe uh, somebody in charge of the hospital business, or maybe even different uh, level of uh, uh, government offices. They 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 collect a lot of those in the years. But so far, there's no charge. Uh, the very first uh, um, reaction that we saw was Israel. Actually, Israel, uh, back in 2006, they actually passed the uh, uh, legislation, basically said, if you go to China to receive an organ transplant, number one, you know, Israel medical insurance is going to, it's not going to cover it. Number two, you know, Israel insurance is not going to cover any of the follow-up treatment after you come back from China. So that's the that's so far. Uh, uh, I know the most uh, most restrict uh, legislation that's there to try to uh, to mm-hmm. try to stop this thing. Yeah, Nancy was with us, Epic Times, and so. But you know, and I know that other countries where. They don't care about human rights like Iran and all these other partners that the CCP has. They're they're still. I imagine they're making a, a lot of money. Do we have any idea how much uh, the Chinese Communist Party makes a year from organ selling? Do we know? Uh, nobody knows. You know, but they they have the in the early you know uh, t- uh, like uh, uh, they have uh, like open price list. It's like. A, mm. Uh, a rate card, hundred thousand, that um, kind of uh, for each. Yeah, uh, for you know, those liver transplant, kidney transplant, they have those lists. Mm. What about let's let's move to the another topic while we have time. Taiwan, are we going to war with China, or is that war already started? 
Well, I, I think it, it, the war is quickly approaching us, and a lot of people do not understand why China really won Taiwan. Uh, uh, if you look at the geopolitical uh, map of Taiwan, it's very easy to understand. Uh, if China controls Taiwan, China will be able to do four things because, you know, with the, the several man-made islands China already built in the South China Sea, and together with Taiwan, you know, once China controls Taiwan, it will control the South China Sea. Once they control the South China Sea, China will be able to do four things. Number one, they will choke economic lifeline of Japan because Japan is an island nation. The trade, all the, you know, one third of its economy depends on trade and those trades pretty much all go through South China Sea. Number two, China will have a much bigger say on the world's, you know, global economy because every year you have about 10 trillion uh, international trade Altogether, globally, and you have more than one third of them that has to go, have to go through South China Sea. And number three, um, China will have a lot more influence to the uh, there's association called the Association of Southeast Asian Nations. It's mm-hmm. about like ten countries. That that association right now, you know, those Southeast Asian nations right now, all together as a group, it's the largest trading partner of China. China Beijing's leader call it the backyard garden of of China. That you know, their their total trade supersede the EU, also supersede uh, the trade between China and United States. So. Some of those uh, countries in that association, like the Philippines, like Thailand, uh, it's the long-term airline of the United States. China want to also put a lot more influence on these countries. It's, and this is number three. And number four, once China controls South China Sea, they will be able to look further down to the south to make a threat to the, another very important airline of the United States in the region. That's Australia. We're out of time, man. We're going to have to cut it because we're running out of time. And I I wish I had another segment. We're going to have to. The the other question, the follow up question is, what are we going to do about it? But we'll have to save it for the next time you show up. So, Nan Sue, you've got an open invitation to come back and join me. He's a senior uh, uh, editor and investigative reporter for the Epoch Times. Follow him and check him out. Epoch Times. It's just a great newspaper and a digital magazine and all things that are going on. Uh, Just a great group of people. Thanks again for joining me this time up on Speaking Out America. Nan, we'll have you back soon, okay? Thank you very much for having me. Welcome back to Speaking Out America. I am your host, JR, and it's always great when Jan Gray st- stops by. He's a, he's a legal expert, and he also knows how to run a business, and he's just an all-around good guy, someone I've known for a while, and, and uh, just good to have him get his take on things. And I think I mentioned about uh, Jan is that he was also very integral in early California politics, being a native of California. His son is the current Secretary of State for the state of Wyoming, And again, it's always good to have Jan on to talk about some of the news. And obviously, with the announcement of Bobby Kennedy Jr. throwing his hand in the ring and announcing that he's going to run against Joe Biden, uh, I remember that Jan is also kind of a quasi-expert at the Kennedys and the whole 60s political 
scene that was going on there. Welcome to the program. Hi, Jan. How are you? Uh, I'm great, and thanks for those really kind words. But actually, I'm not a native of California. I was born in Des Moines, Iowa. You know what Iowa stands for, right? I have no idea. <laughs> Idiots out walking around. <laughs> I do remember that now. But, I mean, you consider California your home. I mean, you live there. You've been involved. In- no, really, really, uh, my home is um, Wyoming and Casper, or Custer, South Dakota. You've heard of Custer, right? The first man to wear an arrow shirt. Oh, sure. Of course. Of course. Well, you're making me work for this one. So where the hell are you from? <laughs> where do you call I'm home? From hell, I'm coming from <laughs> hell in a handbasket. There you go. Um, uh, so before we get I, to the Bobby Kennedy question, let's talk about the Trump question, because uh, the last time we had you on was right as he had not yet gone to court. And now he has been to court. He has been formally indicted. And now I guess anything could happen. So do you care to make any predictions on what you think is going to happen next with Donald Trump? Sure. Um, and, and again, n- no one can tell because who knows whether or not Trump is pulling the strings behind the scenes in terms of what his lawyers would or wouldn't be doing. But the notion that the next hearing is in December is absolutely ridiculous. What needs to happen if you wanted to get rid of the case, and I'm not sure that Donald Trump really does, uh, is to move, uh, have a motion to dismiss based on the fact that the statute of limitations has been violated and therefore the case can't go forward and or try to get some more meat on the bones for the felony that is needed to trigger the misdemeanor into a felony, which was not specified in the indictment. I'm wondering why the, the same day I think that he, that Donald Trump went to court was the same day that California's ninth circuit court of appeals uh, decided to reward Donald Trump with uh, fees, lawyer fees paid by Stormy Daniels because he proved that her, she had no case. Doesn't that sort of, uh, what's the word, acquit him? I mean, if he's already have one court that's saying that Stormy Daniels was wrong, then how on earth can Alvin Braggs possibly try to get Trump other than him just conducting business by re- reimbursing his lawyer? I mean, that seems to be well, what he did. Uh, he didn't tell well, okay. Michael Cohen to give Stormy Daniels 130 grand. But see, the actual... Uh, misdemeanor is the business record that he entered it as legal fees instead of a payment to someone for a settlement agreement. So, and they had no non disclosure. So, there was really no way of proving they even had a business relationship outside of the fact that Michael Cohen <laughs> kind of either spilled the beans or created the beans. It it just seems like there's nothing there. I don't even understand why other than trying to keep him out of the white house, they're even going this route. It just seems. No, I, yeah, you have a great, you have a great point because it's a very weak, weak case, but whether or not Trump is saying to his lawyers, just let it ride because he's increasing his fundraising and his poll numbers appear to be, uh, if not skyrocketing in, in, a, in a great place at somewhere like 56% compared to DeSantis's low 20s. Mm-hmm. So 
I, I, I think there's other things going on here that we may not necessarily appreciate. Well, I do know that MSNBC spent all of the weekend talking about, and so I think CNN and, and MSNBC and all of the others are glad that Trump is back because Trump brings them ratings. Yes, although uh, Rachel Maddow didn't think it was justifiable enough to air Trump's Mar-a-Lago <laughs> speech. I find that extremely humorous. Yeah, you're right. They'll only play the sound bites. And then what was this about? Who was it that etched out the phone number for people to donate? Was that Fox or some other? Maybe it was CNN or somebody. They they doled it out on the screen so people at home couldn't see the number to donate to the Trump campaign. Not that he needs that anyway. I mean, he, didn't he bring in like $12 million in donations in one, one, one week or something? It's crazy. I mean, do you yeah. think he's going to win? I mean, I, I don't think that the Democrats are going to let him. I, I believe I take Liz Cheney at her word. They're going to figure out a way, legally or otherwise, to keep this guy from, from uh, uh, getting back into the White House. I just can't see it happening. I could see that Trump would win if, if everything was fair, but I don't think that, the, you know, we know now that the Democrats are not playing fair. Well, that's definitely true, but. If if it's Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, I mean, I think he's got a great shot. But whether or not Biden's going to that brings us back to RFK Jr. and what he may be perceiving uh, in running in New Hampshire. Uh, the old adage is the sap runs early in New Hampshire. Um, I'm actually actually but, glad you brought that up talking to Jan Gray. Uh, uh, Harvard, Yale, didn't you go to both? And you get your law degree. I, I can't remember. Well, I went to Ber- I went to Berkeley Ber- in the sixties, <laughs> and then Harvard Law School. Oh man, you lived the life, didn't you? You were once a Democrat, weren't you? When did you stop? When did you stop being a Democrat? Ronald Reagan turned me into a Republican, like a lot of conservative Democrats. There isn't really a conservative Democrat today. They're all Republicans because of Ronald Reagan. In I met fact, a, uh, yeah, no, you're right about that. If, if, in fact, if John F. Kennedy uh, were alive today, he'd probably be a Republican. And that's what I wanted to kind of get to, because uh, in reading up on some of uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr.'s positions, what I find striking is that he wants to get rid of the CIA. <laughs> he wants to get it back to its original, uh, which is really more of an oversight uh, reporting to Congress, uh, but the the CIA, in his opinion, has metastasized in, into a, a like an octopus, and it's it's overthrowing democracies, and it's getting itself involved in foreign affairs. That, and I agree with him because I think what we've done is we basically we're guilty of what what basically China is doing now with its Belt and Road Initiative. We've been doing that since the seventies, all over South America, going in and loaning tremendous amount of money to these countries so that they can build up their infrastructure and then cost overruns. And and we go back and say, well, I guess we'll just own it for a while until you earn off your debt. Uh, But the only difference is we don't sell our citizens organs uh, for profit unless there's something I don't know. But my point is, is that Bobby Kennedy seems to go against the deep state. And that's, I think, what's hurting him. Well, uh, Along the lines that you were talking about, he was spreading conspiracy theories about uh, a, the vaccine movement and acute. But they weren't. That's the thing is a lot of the roosters are coming home or, you know, the chickens have come home to roost. His children's health health defense c- 
company originally wasn't about COVID. It was about vaccine efficacy on other drugs that, that uh, the CDC and the FDA were requiring of children. And I think it's, I think it's appropriate for anybody to question uh, the moral fiber of, of big pharma because we saw what they did with the overprescription of drugs in the 60s and 70s and certainly with opioids in the 90s and, and the aughts. So I, I'm not so sure that Bobby Kennedy can be called a conspiracy theorist because mostly what he brings up are things that later turn out to be almost true. Maybe not quite, but that's well, just because the the establishment, you know, what they. Uh, well, you know, I, I was I was giving you a Rachel Maddow. Oh, I calling him a <laughs> All right. Hey, listen, we got about a minute left. Do you think that he has a chance in hell, Bobby Kennedy, uh, of well, getting the nomination? He's 69 years old. OK, Robert Kennedy would have been 98 had he been alive. His wife, Ethel, is still alive at 95. And you need to remember back in 1968 when he was assassinated, there was a guy by the name of Eugene McCarthy who was a senator from uh, Minnesota who challenged Johnson, President Johnson, in the New Hampshire primary, didn't win but got 40% of the vote. And that is what a lot of people think caused Johnson to say that he would not accept the nomination that year, which allowed Robert Kennedy uh, Jr.'s father to announce and get in the presidential race. So he may be counting on a 1968 because of Joe Biden's very low approval rating. And you never know because New Hampshire is a state where you've got to really campaign. You've got meetings of five to 10 people in homes and everything else. So you never know what can happen there. What about uh, Newsom? You're seeing him jumping around. You think he has a good shot at this? Well, the the problem with his situation is that he said that he's not going to challenge Biden. Mm, so I see. Uh, so maybe he knows that Biden yeah. in the end won't because we're waiting for Biden to say, OK, I'm in, you yeah. know, file the papers. But well, anyway, well, we're going to have to end it here. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. But uh, uh, Charles Jan Gray, thank you so much for joining me on this edition of Speaking Out. You're good friend and it's always good to get this information from a guy who's been on the street knows a little bit about it thanks again i'll talk to you soon and also thank you for joining us on this edition of speakingoutamerica.com you can join us online as well and our podcast until next time thanks for stopping by